Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA. That's Musical Theater College Editions. And today, we've got a rocket in our pocket of a show lined up for you. Ilda Mason is a new friend to us, and we really jumped at the chance to chat with her because we've been looking for an opportunity to talk to someone who had some of that international experience. I know we have a lot of international listeners. Hello to all of you. Um, but we thought it'd be really cool for them to hear from a person who managed to make that leap um, from somewhere outside the United States to this commercial success in NYC. Uh, today on the show, we get into that abstract idea of what like an empty theater experience was from, from Panama, which is where Ilda was from. Um, we talked about that idea of Ilda was glad she didn't move right away because she needed to figure out some of those visa requirements. We talked about the specifics of an O-1 visa and how difficult they are. We talked about once you're in New York City, what it is to have a safe home that you can come home to. Um, we talked about asking questions. We t- talked about the idea of you can't live off smiles and hugs, which many of you out there probably knew, but you know, it's a lesson for some. Um, we talked about that idea of booking work without an agent, which Ilda booked a lot of big work without an agent. Um, we talked about the West Side Story movie audition process. Uh, we talked about um, Steven Spielberg and his dinosaurs. Um, we talked a lot about the art of being a swing, for those of you who wonder, wonder what it's like to be a swing in a Broadway show. And we give a bit of legal advice for international students. But before we get to this episode with Ilda, Megan, I understand that you have now seen the West Side Story movie. What did you think? I have. So it's a very ex- fun experience. Um, I feel like now I'm at the age where I'm seeing like my own friends in movies and like coming to the success of big things. Like mm-hmm. friend Colton Ryan was just in the Dear Evan Hansen movie. I just saw mm-hmm. my camp friend, Ben Ross and Tick, Tick, Boom. So now like when my friends go to the movies with me or like we watch a new thing, they're like, well, do you know anybody in it? And if I don't, I like, it, I'm some sort of like failure. You're like, you don't know anybody in it. You, you can't get me backstage at the show. Like, you know, Ilda. What's going on? I know, on. but I know Ilda. I knew like a few other people through friends of friends in the show. And it was super fun to see, Someone we just interviewed in the movie. Um, and she was great. She's, she was just as vibrant in the interview that you're now about to listen to in the movie. Um, and I encourage all of our listeners to keep an extra eye out for her. And she's well featured in America as well. And oh, all of the dancing. She's so fabulous. Cool. And I really thought like the the movie is a bit different from the stage production, of course. And it was really interesting seeing all the changes normally i'm a bit of a snob to be like well it's not like the original so it's not as great but Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed like they flushed uh flushed out the plot a little bit they added a lot of spanish i was really into it Mm. 
I cannot wait to see it. This is one I really want to see in a theater. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we'll feel confident to go into a theater and do it. Yeah. I think I think we probably will in these next couple weeks. Um, as you're listening to this, we're probably in the big height of, or I guess not as you're listening, as we're recording this, we're really <laughs> into the, the height of um, the new Omicron surge. Um, yeah. But I do think we'll get back to a point where with a mask, we'll feel good about being in a theater. And, and I just miss that so much. I, I haven't gone to see a movie in a theater forever i mean this was the first movie i have seen in a theater since pre-pandemic and i used to go a lot in uh in the city it used to be like me and my roommates thing to on like friday night we'd go see a movie um but we me and one of my high school friends uh went to go see while i was home and we went in one of those like fancy theaters that have like the big like reclining theater chairs so it was a little bit more spread out anyway in that sense and once the movie started, everyone started moving away from each other. So it was kind of uh-huh. like this unspoken thing, like this move, this theater is open. Let's let's yeah. spread out even more than we have to. So I felt good. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into this really fun interview with Ilda. Well, we are so excited to bring on Ilda Mason. Uh, Ilda went to the Universidad Santa Maria La Antigua, which is in Panama City, otherwise known as Uzma, is I guess the shorter version of that. Um, she appeared on Broadway in the West Side Story revival. She's done tours of On Your Feet, Cinderella, Legally Blonde, and most recently and most notably is in the new Steven Spielberg West Side Story movie where she plays Lutz. Uh, she also previously was on Dance with the stars Panama seasons one and two and she won season two so we can't wait to chat about all of this with Hilda. Hilda welcome on how you doing thank you so much for having me here I'm so excited and thank you it for the is- cool intro Oh, it's truly our pleasure. Truly our pleasure. I mean, one of the reasons I was so excited and I jumped at the opportunity to have you on is that we actually have a lot of international listeners. And while we've really tried to show a number of different educational paths to successful performing careers within the U.S., so far, none of our guests have like started outside the U.S. So I really want to have that experience of what was it like from the outside of the U.S. approaching a college or educational experience. Just I'd love to hear so much about that. So um, yeah. why don't we we start with like, when you were, I often start at 16, 17. What about yeah. even when you were younger, when you first started thinking about, I might want to do theater, I might want to do musical theater. What did the idea of like Broadway mean to you? Or what did that, what did that look like in terms of, of a dream? Honestly, it kind of, I, <laughs> I came here and, and had this very abstract idea of what moving to another country and studying musical theater would be. Completely. Like, Mm -hmm. like entirely people would ask me like, okay, so, but where do you want to study? And I would not know the answer. How are you going to do it? I don't know. I don't know. Uh I just knew that I wanted to study abroad. And then I wanted to, when I, I honed it down, it was like musical theater and acting for film because I knew that I wanted, I loved being on stage when I, I longed for being on stage when I wasn't. That's Mm -hmm. how I, I figured out that I loved this so much. And film because I every time I go to the movies I dream like it's I get so inspired just watching the trailers it's like <laughs> a a whole experience I get goosebumps I get so excited so so everything and so like you've achieved the pinnacle when you're talking about you're doing a musical that is on film you've done it all <laughs> you, you've so. nailed it I guess so every job after this is gonna just suck <laughs> <laughs> it's all downhill yeah exactly <laughs> no but yes it was um honestly super abstract, which mm-hmm. I think has worked to my advantage. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sometimes we have 
an idea of how we want things to go. However, life sometimes has different plans for us mm-hmm. and they are better and they are different and they everything happens for a reason. Mm. And also not knowing all the specifics about how to get there was, I think, good. I mean, I wish I knew some things, <laughs> which I'm very happy to to share with our internet with your international listener listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but the not knowing so, so, so much was a blessing too. Because mm. I could not get in my head and be like, oh, that's so hard. That's so difficult. That's too much. How could I ever? No, it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, just one step, next step. Let's uh-huh. see. Just Some of that naivete one. almost helped you to go like, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm just looking one step yes. ahead. Yes. Well, what What did training look like back then? So what did you do as a, as a kid or as a teen? What, what did it look like in terms of what you were doing at Panama? I think I, I did a bit of everything. That's actually how I found that I loved this. So I I started training ballet, which I think it's an amazing base for any musical theater um, artist. Mm-hmm. Just it's the it's it's so technical. It's a great base, and it teaches you discipline <laughs> that you will eventually need in theater mm-hmm. um, and in life. <laughs> um, but that was the one like dance style that I did. And other than that, I was like, I was in music band. So I played the clarinet and I was in every other like extracurricular activity that you can mm-hmm. think of at school. I was a very busy kid, um, but it was mostly just in like dancing mm-hmm. and in the arts and then theater. Then it was Fully theater. At what point did you know, oh, I, I definitely do want to go into musical theater? Or did you think about specifically going to musical theater uh, in college? Not everybody who's thinking about musical theater necessarily st- studies structural architecture. What made you make <laughs> yeah. that jump before you jumped to musical theater? Well, you know, it's really funny. I think everything's connected because the one and only ever ballet competition that I attended was in Italy. And mm. I fell in love with Italy's architecture. I just was so in awe of the beauty and the tech, the every, every, I mean, it's Italy, right? Um, and it was, I was 14. I remember this. And I thought then I need to learn more about this. So that's how I picked what I like, what I like to say, the thing that I love the most in second place, that's terrible English, <laughs> but like this, the yeah. thing I love the sec, what's, how do you say that? You said it more beautifully than how you <laughs> thought you wanted to say it. That was much better. <laughs> in second place. <laughs> And, but um, was that was that a thought like, oh, I think this might be something I love just as much? Or what, what did it always feel like? This is a backup plan. This is not necessarily no. my job. By then, by then I, was, I did not know that I really wanted to do musical theater. It was until, like, I would say three years later um, that I then did my first ever musical in high school. We did not have, like, a musical theater program or anything. Or mm-hmm. This is like a normal high school in Panama. We did not, like, that was the first ever musical that was done because one of the seniors wanted to do it. So... The first ever at your high school that had... Where exactly. There was a mm-hmm. Yes. And it was Greece. Thank you. Whoever the senior was, let you do this. Yes. Greece. Thank you. Andres Holder. Thank you. Give it. Oh, my God. I love him and I owe him so much. He started my love for musical theater. <laughs> and it starts with Greece. <laughs> with Greece. Yeah. I'll that same that. year, I did a, like, my first professional play in Panama because one of my mom's friends... She needed a like a a teen to mm-hmm. be in a show, and mm. there I was. <laughs> so I literally I do not know when I did my homework, honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> I really do not know. But so then is when I was I think it was in tenth grade when I then 
realized that I really loved musical theater because it brought everything together, acting, dancing, singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the, then I did not feel like, oh, I could be a better singer. I could be. No, it was just like I enjoyed doing all this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it was later when I had to choose where to go to college um, that even though I knew that I wanted to go abroad eventually, my mom one day was like, oh, don't leave me. <laughs> and she jokingly said that, you know, as a mom, like I'm a, an only child, but it, something clicked with me <clears throat> because I always knew how competitive this would be. Or I had an idea. That's mm-hmm. that's better. I had an idea of how competitive this industry can be. So I thought I can study something else as a plan B because by then I knew that I really wanted to do this I wanted to do acting and musical theater um little did I know later that I actually cannot work as an architect here in the United Mm -hmm. States just because I don't have the permits you know it's and and because I mean I I could work like virtually like remotely Uh however what I thrived the most in architecture was doing things with my hands and models and stuff like that and not rendering and Mm -hmm. stuff in the computer, which is what I could do remotely. So plan B is out the window, but it's okay because I've realized that there is nothing else I would rather do. Um, And then what is the timing of dancing with the stars with all this? So is that happening before you move to the US? Did you come here and then go back? How did all that work? So this is why I say that everything happens for a reason is because, so I stayed, right? And for those four years, then I did musical theater and the best shows that I was ever in, Mm -hmm. in Panama. So I did Beauty and the Beast. I did a chorus line, Hello, Dolly. Um, I did Peter Pan and I was Peter Pan. Like that, it took a long time for me to actually like get a lead in Panama because, Uh you know, like it's, I was growing as an artist. Um, And so on my Last year, it was 2013, well, 2012. Um, and because I was in Hello, Dolly, and the choreographer there saw me doing a duet that was, I was play, playing mini, she recommended me for the cast of Dancing with the Stars. Mm. So again, like one thing leads to the other, to the next. Um, so as I was, again, when did I study? When did I have time <laughs> to do all this? How did any of this happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, but so on Dancing with the Stars were my two year, like the two years before I left Panama, um, before I moved to New York. So actually it all ended up like perfectly. Like I remember 2013, it was like in, like the Dancing with the Stars finale was like late July. Mm-hmm. I was somehow also doing Legally Blonde at the same time, mm. somehow. And I graduated uh, structural architecture, and then I moved to New York in September. And you won the season. You, you, and I you won, to, oh you, yeah, yeah. And I won that trophy. Season. Go to the U.S. You get to ride the trophy wave. Now, is I, I don't know um, this. The I don't can't say I watched Dancing with the Stars in America either. But is it similarly like? Is it a lot of celebrities? Like, is it like? Is it a, the big kind of deal that it is for like? whatever Sean Spicer goes on and then Heinz Ward or, you know, all the people that well, I see I, I guess not as dramatic as it is here. There's um, not like crazy costumes and all the stuff that I, I see. I think we did, definitely did have some really cool costumes, but it's not at, you know, this level. This is uh-huh. like ABC, Disney. This is like huge budget uh-huh. production. Mm-hmm. It was that, but in our level in Panama. So I, lo- uh-huh. I always love to say I was dancing with the stars. Panama, okay, guys, Panama. <laughs> I was not dancing against like... Uh, Julian Huff and Derek Huff. Like I was not, 
I was not competing against them. Um, now, so uh, we're going to get a little bit into what it was like once you moved to the U.S. I'd love uh-huh. just kind of like looking back on the Panamanian experience. Yeah. Is there anything like now that you were, are here that you go, oh, I wish I'd done this a little differently or anything you go, I'm so grateful that I had this bit of training or, oh, I wish I had a little more experience with, like, is there anything that now that you're here and now you're really working in the industry that you think, I wish I'd just focused a little more on this or, or I love that I focus so much on this? Um, yes, two things. One, I wish I had done tap and Mm. just because I really cannot tap for, to (laughs) save my life. And it's as, it is, a whole, it's just learning a language. Mm-hmm. I went to a tap audition the other day and it had been years since I had tapped last, terribly. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? It mm-hmm. felt like I was trying to speak Russian. Mm-hmm. I remember telling my dad, I was like, why did you never like, like, like put me in tap class? And he was very quick to say, because you never asked. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> come on, dad, come on. <laughs> my parents always, I'm so grateful to them because they always allowed me to explore many like things and mm-hmm. and and art forms and not just art but like d- disciplines so yes I did not I could have so that's one thing that I wish I had done maybe also singing um but I think I wouldn't be where I am today if I don't know you know I I am a firm believer that like things happen I've said mm-hmm. it now like three times just because let's say I was a tapper Maybe I would have been on tour in a tap show mm-hmm. because I was so good at tap. Look at me already thinking that I'm going to be like, I was going <laughs> to be a genius tapper. You would have been great, of course. You could have been. <laughs> but there's no Steven Spielberg tap movie. You know? <laughs> but you know, like it would have led me somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's because I, the projects that we do define us. Like okay. I, the amount of time, like my boyfriend, I know that I would have met him if I had actually gotten the I went to the, this audition. I didn't get it. And I know exactly which project it was. Then I know that I would have met him there. But no, that wasn't the time. It was years later during On Your Feet. And same with everything. Like that's mm-hmm. how. So, yes, I want to say tap. Um, but one thing that I am very thankful that it went exactly that way is that I did not move straight away. Uh-huh. Because those four years that I was studying architecture and I was doing musical theater and Dancing with the Stars, I did not know it, but I was creating the resume, the professional resume that I was mm-hmm. needed for me to stay here and apply for the visa. Mm-hmm. If not, if I had gone straight from high school, I would have gone here, studied the two years, done the OPT, and had to go back because mm-hmm. I would not have had the credits. The visa is super specific. It's the O-1 visa or an artist visa. And it's basically like an extraordinary, like individual of extraordinary abilities, I think it's called, mm-hmm. um, where basically you have to prove that you are the bee's knees, mm-hmm. period. They, one of the categories is awards. And they're like, you know, like an Academy Award, an Emmy, a Grammy. Ooh. I'm like, you think I have an Academy Award and I'm asking you for a visa? If I have a Grammy, I'm going to live in Panama. Come on. If like, I already got my Grammy, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. He's like... <laughs> but you have your Dancing with the Stars season too. Which... It does translate here, like it, For sure. it, because the people who are reviewing these applications are not people from the industry. Uh-huh. These are people like government people who are in an office, just literally looking <laughs> at pieces of paper, being like, "Is this person good enough to mm. be here?" And you know, um, to join the race that is this career. For my green card, I had to go for the interview, the final interview. 
And they were like, okay, so what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, well, I am the um, assistant dance captain at the Broadway National Tour of On Your Feet, you know, Gloria and Emilio Stefan's show. And he's like, okay, and what do you do? I'm like, well, I am, um, you know, uh, we are in charge, like me and the dance captain, we are in charge of looking out for the uh, like artistic integrity of the show while the choreographer Tony Award winning Sergio Trujillo is not here. We are in charge. We teach the show to every new person that comes in. We rehearsal every single day. We are also swings, so we know every single part in the show and we're in every single night after we've spent a whole day teaching the show to new people. And you know what he said to me? So, and that's hard. Oh. And I was like, Elwoods, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, you get here. You get here and do it. You do my job. I'll sit behind the desk and judge people. We'll see what's harder. Um, it's tough. So Dancing with the Stars was a thing that everyone here knows or, or at mm-hmm. least has heard about. So that was my award. Mm-hmm. And that was, it meant the absolute world and a huge difference. Not just like, oh, it meant the world to me as a human. No, no, no. Like it literally allowed me to be here legally. It's amazing. I mean, we talk about it a lot with our um, American students of like, when you're ready to move to New York, you know, some people, they'll move right during college. Some people will move after college. Some people mm-hmm. spend some time before they move here, you know, to when you're sort of emotionally and psychologically ready. It's yeah. amazing. It feels like a whole other challenge as an international per- person to say, not only do I have to say I'm ready, you know, psychologically, but also am I literally ready legally to stay here? Yeah. That's a whole bear. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It, it, people don't think about it because, of course, they, why would you make it even harder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is, we have to jump through hoops to literally just join the race, yeah. you know, to yep. be at that first step of like, okay, now I can actually go to auditions. And if I get the job, you know, that's a real thing. Like people, international students or, or people who are here, and they're in the middle of legal processes. Sometimes it's like, hey, um, you know, I, I I booked this job, but I don't have a green card yet. I have this visa. It's like, yep. it's so yep. technical. People have had to give up jobs because of like legal <sighs> details. Yep. Um, and it's not that they're here illegally. It's right. just that literally the permit that they have is not the one that the studio accepts or something right. like that. It's, like this business is not hard enough. Like you need one more shackle around your ankle. Yeah. If I were to go into how kind of impossible that whole application is, no, 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 no. But it's it's doable. And here before I am we, to say that it is. Before we do too, too deep into the legal processes, which I'm, let's go down that rabbit hole if we want. But let's just talk a little <laughs> bit about just the experience for you now. You move yes. to New York City. And yeah. What the heck is that like coming from a whole different country? What kind of resources do you have? Do you have um, friends and family in a community or how are you, how are you sleeping on couches? How are you figuring this out whole out? It's hard for anyone, but I imagine a whole nother level. Um, yeah. To a new country. Well, I, I have always loved um, like being abroad. Not that I've like gone everywhere, but I just love the feeling of figuring it out. Like I love the, okay. I don't know the language. I like, I, I love that, that feeling and like getting to know a place. So I, on that side, on that front, I was good because I was, I felt so excited just to Mm -hmm. be here. I was also very fortunate because here in New York, I had an uncle that I had, he has lived here my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I literally met him in person when I moved here and he, I, I was very lucky that I was able to stay with him for the first six months until I then 
found a roommate at like at school. Like I found someone that I really clicked with. And then we looked for an apartment together. And then I would I had someone to like be my, you know, when you're like applying for an apartment, someone uh-huh. to co-sign and uh-huh. all this. Um I know that this is very different from most international students' experience because they would like go to dorms or I think that part is I don't know, I think housing sometimes if you come to study, like is I don't want to say it's easy, but I think it's I don't know. I feel like there's so many options in New York City. Yes. That the that Almost overwhelming just, sometimes, though. It's just, yes. It feels like it's not so much that it's impossible to find a house, but it's or a place to live. But you're like, uh-huh. what? I could do anything. Where? Anything. In Queens and the Bronx and Washington Heights. Where, where am I supposed to go? And how am I, what, yes. what's convenient to where? And and what neighborhood does that mean? And it's it can yeah. be overwhelming if you don't come from a yeah. big city. You know. I think uh, now that I think of it, I think what was what worked really good for me is that I had. A place for like six months. You know, those six months, I was able mm-hmm. to kind of like figure it out, ask questions, mm-hmm. ask around, and then hear from people who live here. Hey, um, what area would be good? This is my mm-hmm. budget. What can I afford? And like, make, like just get that conversation started, mm-hmm. which you can also do while you're still not here. But I would, I don't know. I would say if you can find somewhere that's that you think that you find safe for you yeah. to be on those first months while you get yourself together, let's say it's a college dorm room or or with a family member or a friend, I think that would be really good so mm-hmm. that um so you can have like a safe space <laughs> to come home to. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's key to the New York experience. Mm-hmm. Um and asking questions like mm-hmm. all the time about everything. The more you can learn about the city and about the ropes of everything, a, a the better. Pretty good rule for life: just asking questions all the time about everything. It's not not too bad. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so at this point everything. now, you've moved here. You're studying. You're taking classes during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're yes. also are you already auditioning at that point? No. So I studied musical theater and acting for film. I was in class from like 9 a.m. till I think classes were till like five or Mm -hmm. six something. Mm -hmm. Then um, we were working in musicals. Uh um, And so we always had a production to be a part of. Um, So then (laughs) had to be at school till 10 Mm p.m. So there was no time to actually audition. It was only Mm -hmm. until my like my last year at school and the last few months that I was actually able to audition because auditioning, or at least back then it took, it was a, like a 24 seven job. No, I'm joking. Uh-huh. That's too dramatic. It was, but it was a full-time job. That's what I mean. Like you, you know, you went to these, you stood in long lines for the cattle calls and then uh-huh. you would spend the whole day there and you would be seen at some, not at others. Mm-hmm. You would audition, get callbacks that same day. And then you, Next thing you know, it's 5 p.m. if you've been in the same, like in Ripley, the whole day. <laughs> yeah, and you're totally ready to dance at that point after standing around. Exactly. It's like super warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this feels great. <laughs> um, but no, I, I auditioned after. And what are you doing? Like any any fun survival jobs? How are you paying the bills at this time? Oh, I, I worked as a, as a server in three mm-hmm. restaurants. And that was a really good skill to have, um, I think. I don't know, especially in New York, because that is such a big part of... 
Like you go, you eat out, you will always interact with someone who, you know, uh-huh. who, with a server, a wait, waiter, waitress. And I think it just opens your eyes to like mm-hmm. the human side of the person that is helping get your food mm-hmm. and your order. And, you know, I think we sometimes take for granted so many people that we encounter day to day. And I am so grateful that I, which is funny, you know, I left Panama. I am a, I have a degree in structural architecture and I am a waitress, mm-hmm. but was a waitress back then, which is perfectly fine. This is one of the things that my mentor, Chad Austin, he taught me. It was so easy. It was like, you need a job. You need a survival job because, mm-hmm. and this is a, the thing is like, this career is so unstable, you know, it, it you could be great one day, Purvis, 2020. You know, like mm-hmm. I was in the peak. I was like, yes, my God, I just did a movie. I'm on Broadway. Yay. And then you don't have a job. <laughs> um, which is, you know, like being smart about one's money is key. It's mm-hmm. crucial. Having a budget. I will sound like an old lady, but if guys have a budget mm-hmm. because you ble- we will bleed money in new york city or mm-hmm. anywhere like it's you life is expensive so easily just walking out the, yeah. the there's the like what's the meme that like you, new york you wake up and someone <laughs> charges you 40 bucks you're like what yeah where did it wait what happened how did it yeah i haven't even gone to the bathroom yet <laughs> well and fellow on your feet alum we just had um josh Sagara on the pod and he was saying what what are you too good to be a waiter like that that was the advice he got that he was like he so you've been on broadway who cares you can, can't be a waiter exactly anymore? You're exactly. Like, oh, Who yeah. cares? Absolutely. Like we need a job. You need a job. And and there is no shame in working. I think that <laughs> that's it. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's very simple. We need we need to make money mm-hmm. because unfortunately we cannot live off of smiles and hugs. <laughs> we need to pay if the only bills. We could, Elda. If only we could. Well, if only let's, we could. let's take a super short break, pay some of those bills with our podcast advertisements. And then when we come back, we're going to get into Ilda's big breaks. We're going to talk about Broadway. We'll talk about Spielberg. We'll play a game. Of course, you guys all live for our <laughs> podcast game. So we'll do that all on the back end of the break right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back with Ilda Mason, and now we're going to get to what we all want to talk about. Well, before we hit the big movie, we got to talk a little bit about the Broadway production. So you've done West Side Story a thousand times at this point, and now (laughs) all of a sudden you're cast in this kind of, I guess, controversial, maybe it's not quite the right word, but this like big deal Broadway production, right? I guess what was it like now having, now this is your Broadway debut, in a show you've done multiple times, but now you're doing this like different modern interpretation. What, what was that like for you having all those things swirling at once? It was really cool to do that version because when I did Broadway, I had already shot the, done the movie. So it Oh, was, I didn't realize that. Okay, great. Yeah. So yeah, I know they came out like the opposite. However, yeah. we shot the whole movie and then we started rehearsals for Broadway. Uh-huh. So it was 
you know, I feel so grateful to be able to do West Side Story because it's such a masterpiece, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful piece of art. It's just a good show. Um, so to be able to do it in different ways, I mean, icing on the cake. It's like mm -hmm. so, so, such a gift. And this version, the one, on the, the latest Broadway revival, Yves Van Hove, like deconstructed the whole thing. Between him and Ana Teresa de Kiersmacher, who was our choreographer, it was wild. Like it was, but I loved it. I mean, it was a crazy experience because of course it was to create something that's completely like out of the box, you do have to break so many notions. Like you mm -hmm. have to like, okay, forget about this. We're going to start from scratch to the point that we were creating choreography every day. Like mm -hmm. us, like the cast members, we were trying, it was a very like highly collaborative environment, which is different because she uh, is like a contemporary modern choreographer. So that's the way she works, uh -huh. which is not how... Uh, I'm used to working, you know, like in, on yeah. Broadway and, and, and Broadway tours and shows, regional theater, it's like the choreographer is there and he teaches you everything. They teach you the choreo and you're like, great, boom. Mm -hmm. Here we were creating all the time, which takes a lot of energy, a lot of effort. We were on previews for the longest time, whatever. That's yes. not the question. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was really nice to have a completely like fresh take on West Side Story, still uh -huh. the same story. All the numbers were there except for I Feel Pretty. Um, and I really am really proud of what we created. And I know that this show was like either you hate it or you love it. Uh -huh. But it's that was it. It was, no it was polarizing is the word I was looking for. That's it. Yeah. You loved it or you hated it. That's what everyone yeah. said about it. Which I was so happy about is like when people said like, I hate it. I'm like, well, yeah, great. Yeah, it's art. Like, you got provoked you by know, the art. Good. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's tell me, like tell yeah. me why you hated it. And 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 I think it was a version that had people like talking, you know? Uh -huh. It was but not because just for the sake of like, ooh, publicity. No, I mean talking yeah. as in like it felt as if you were watching, and I say this because I was a swing um on that version. So I got to see the show and the creation of it. Um and it felt as if I was watching West Side Story for the first time. So mm -hmm. many times we just like, oh, we know what the, what comes next. Oh, we, I love this song. It's just like a show number. And not, you stop kind of like paying attention to the lyrics and the message and the, you know. Mm -hmm. So I love that about that version that we created. And do you feel like each time you've done the show, you've gotten something different out of it? Is, does it feel like it holds that much where you go, oh, this interpretation, I'm really seeing this and this time on this. Do you feel, or, or does it start feeling like, oh, that was pretty similar to the one before? No, I mean, I haven't done it that many times. I mean, I've done it four times. However, I think that's a lot of times for me. That is, a lot, that is a lot of times, <laughs> but I say I feel like it's very different just because three out of the four times have been entirely different. Uh -huh. You know, I've done like the, the I'm going to say, quote unquote, like the normal stage version. Mm -hmm. Then we did the completely, it's like, is this even West Side Story? Yes, it was, but it was mm -hmm. like, what is this version? And then we did the Steven Spielberg version, which had an adapted screenplay by Tony Kushner. We had more Spanish, more everything, mm -hmm. research. It's a movie. It's like a whole completely yes. different thing. So it never, it has never actually felt um, like it's just the same thing. Uh -huh. But what I do have to say is I feel like even if it was four stage versions, original stage versions, uh, not original. I mean, like, like the original. Uh -huh. um, it would have been different because of the people. 
because I think, you know, people make theater and your experience will be completely different with who you do it with. Like I will never forget my first cast and the feeling of awe that I had, like Max Clayton was our riff. And I was in, I mean, to this day, I'm like, Max Clayton. <laughs> like, you know, Natasha Diaz was my Anita. Uh, Marie Joanna Griso was uh, our Maria. It's just mm-hmm. Austin Colby, our Tony. Like, it's just, it stays with you forever because mm-hmm. these people touch your lives in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And I can say that of each of my Maria's Anitas and so forth. Like, it's... which you don't have to name them all here, just so we just for the sake of time. <laughs> He's like, there's no time. There's a lot of we people. We got the Tony. We got the okay. Who was our Krupke? Okay. Um, all right. We got to get to now what the people really want, which is let's talk about the casting process for this film. So huge oh. deal. And I think people knew. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd realize the events of which one was coming first, but people knew back then. I remember hearing, "Oh my gosh, Steven Spielberg's casting a West Side Story." It was a big deal, <laughs> even just in the announcement of it. Now, of course, huge yeah. deal is coming out. I'm sure you're basking in the glow of that. But what was that like as this now? You're, do you know that someone's looking or, you know, was it just a normal audition that you got? How did the casting process work? Many auditions. Did Steve Spielberg just go and see you in something and go, she's in, you booked? Ooh, I got I wish. I wish this was like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, um, I got a text that said, can Steven Spielberg call you? Yes, he can. Just like Rita Moreno, you know, like <laughs> that's how she got <laughs> the call. Two in the morning. <laughs> and, yeah, sure. Give Steven my number. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. So this whole thing lasted a year. Um, I was, funny enough, I was in Panama because I was visiting. So I was visiting my parents and I get a ton of messages on like Facebook and Instagram just being like, you need to audition for this. It's like, what? You're okay. going to be in this. You need to audition for it. And I was like, what the hell? It's like friends of mine. Uh-huh. This is not a cast director. This is not, I didn't have an agent. I did not, which is, I'm like, guys, you do not need an agent to book things. Like yep. I, anyone who's like worried, oh, I don't have an agent. I can't. Yes, you can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was an open casting call. It was literally just a poster. And yeah. it said, just submit two songs. I think Wait. I remember, I think our students did that. I think a bunch of our students, because they're looking for young, a lot of young people. So like a yes. bunch of our students were passing it around and around on, on social media. Oh, so yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. And it was until I, I'm going to tell you in a second how I felt <laughs> very old when I went to the, the Miami audition. Um, so um, I sent in my audition tape. And a couple weeks later, I got a callback to read and sing for Anita. Mm -hmm. Then I got to go a second callback to go into their casting offices in person. And then months later, I was already in the On Your Feet tour. Then they were doing the dance auditions. Mm -hmm. So they reached out to me. I could not go to the New York audition or the LA audition because I was a swing. I could not leave my job. It was so heartbreaking. I like the stress that I felt is, Mm. is incredible. Mm. Was incredible. Um, but I was finally able to go to the Miami auditions. Those were the last dance auditions. Um, I flew across the country to go to those auditions. It's like, this, yes, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, stakes are high. So <laughs> it was two days. And I got to dance the first day. And then the next day, dance again and sing and read. Mm-hmm. I That day was so incredible. That day I met Patricia Delgado and Craig Salstein, who are mm-hmm. the dance team of Justin Peck. And... The choreography was so incredible. Like just mm. the audition choreo was like, yes, it was so <laughs> good. Um, and from then, I from there, I got a, an email a, like a week or so later that said, 
Dear Ilda, Steven Spielberg loved your audition and would love to bring you into work with him further. I was like, what is this? No, what? Oh my God, this is spam. This is, this is, this is a lie. Um, but it was true. So it was the final callbacks. It was two days in New York. Like I did not even tell like my parents first. I immediately, I read that email and called my company manager and was like, I need to go to New York for this audition. You know, like, <laughs> I know you just gave me permission, but I need to go again. Okay. And he's like, yes, you, you're going. Let, can we shout out that company manager? Let's shout him out. Eric, let's go. Yes, Thank Eric. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate you company managers who help us out. So that was, that was wild. Um, and then I remember like that audition, we did the same thing. We the same but not so we go in and everyone's there there's this man with a camera like a, a video recorder at the entrance everything. there are many cameras the whole team is there christy mccoskey krieger is there justin peck tony kushner every producer every mm. everyone mm. janine tesori is there mm-hmm. you're okay <laughs> and cindy tolan the cast director she's like okay and this is la 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 this is la 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 everyone and this is Steven Spielberg, the man who was behind the camera. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. We're like, hi. Well, <laughs> I get to sing. Um, and Steven Spielberg says, you have a lovely voice. I want to die inside. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I just managed to like, try to be normal. Then we read um, and danced. It was two days of that. Just like, mm. ugh, it was incredible. The energy was amazing because we we're just like the sharks were together. So mm-hmm. it was a lat- like a Latinx party. It was just like, we were like, Whoa! it was. And it's like we chemistry. We're testing like, how do you all feel together? Is this all working? Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Yeah. It was really fun. And like, we were like switching partners. And yeah, after that, I did not hear anything for six months. Six long months. And, but you feel like you're in the running still. You don't feel like I've given up on it. You're just like waiting. I mean. I had to put a lot of my energy into like, keep your energy up, good vibes, send out good vibes for this. A lot of time I was just thinking, oh, I should have done this differently. If I, if only I had done that, I bet they gave all the, the parts already. Uh, it, it was a whole process. Six months was a long time in which you I could hear people getting, getting parts, getting like, you know, but finally I got the call in April uh, 2019, that I would get the feature part of Loose, which was what I really wanted to do. Mm. And my God, like the best day of my life. That was, mm. there were no words to describe that. Mm. It was, I called everyone, everyone was crying. It was like, This time it, it wasn't was, company manager first. This time you probably called your parents. I, ha- called, I called my mom and my mom was like, mm-hmm. oh, did you call your dad? Because he was at work. She was at, like at work too. He was like, did you call your dad? You know, I call mm. you first. Okay, call him, call him, call him. <laughs> call him. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. So it cool. was my God. It's so cool. And a good little lesson for our, our students. That means often we tell them don't go to the dark side when they're waiting on school results. They sit there and they go, oh, I should have done this. This is why I didn't hear back. No. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes you got to have yeah. some patience and some breath. And you know what? I need to say like, and this will not happen just in, in school, but like in every audition that you will do, you just, this is my advice, like go in and be you, like do you, you know, full hearted, like everything, mm. give your all, but you, because whenever we try to like be like someone else or da 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 da, then we end up doing like a, a, a washed down version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then that's mm-hmm. nothing. That's like a, that's where the magic is lost. Mm-hmm. There's so much magic in just us. And I know this is 
this is so cliche and like, yes, be yourself. But it is so true. I've attended auditions um, and been on the other side of the table in which I fall in love with people and not because they're the best singer, the best dancer. No, that's not a that's not what it is about. It's mm-hmm. there is a an extra thing that mm-hmm. is just what you bring and it's it's an energy. Yeah. That, that you you, you sense their authenticity. You feel like that's a real uh-huh. person. I know who this yeah. is. I'm feeling Yeah, that. and I know that if I had done I now realize now that I see the casting is like if I had because I thought I should have been sexier, I should have been cooler, <laughs> then I would have not been cast to be next to Ana Isabel who plays Rosalia and Ariana DeVos who was Anita because then you have like two similar personalities, like three similar personalities. You need to have all the colors uh-huh. of the wind, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it was so nice to be able to to show that, that range mm-hmm. in, in what us as Latinas and what we have to bring to the table. That was mm. really cool with all the people that were cast. So true. Um, do you have any cool stories from working on the film, working with Spielberg, with Rita Moreno, anything that you're like, oh, I, this is so, I need to talk about this. This was amazing. This, I don't know what you can say, not say in terms of backstage stuff. No, no, no. I mean, I, I like about Rita Moreno is like, she is just a goddess of energy and explosion. I always describe it very physically. It's as if every room that she walks in is as if she just slammed the door down. You know, it's like, uh, I'm here. That's how it feels like because she literally comes in. Imagine literally, boom, doors down. She's like, hello, llegué yo. Like that, like I am here because it is, it's so, she's so vibrant, so, so herself, so mm-hmm. wild. She's amazing. She's amazing. And the thing that I will take with me forever is just how, because I admire Steven Spielberg so much. I, Jurassic Park is my favorite movie. I was not cool about it when I was like, I told him how much I admire him <laughs> and his dinosaurs and everything. He's like, sir, you, sir, my God. Um, but what I will take with me forever is the fact that getting to know that someone as accomplished and awarded and incredible, huge as Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg is also such a kind, down-to-earth, and simple mm. human, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that is one thing that I will take with me forever because it taught me that, like, no matter how big you are, how successful you are, and, like, quote-unquote, I'm just saying big and successful mm-hmm. because those are, you know, how do you measure all that? Um, what matters the most and what people actually take at the end of the day is how you treat them, how they, mm. how you make them feel. And I felt seen, I felt listened to, I felt like I mattered. And I could see how he really took the effort to highlight people Mm. and how he treated everyone, how he learned everyone's names. I just think it was so, he's such an incredible person. It was such a, again, gift. I, this is the, the word I've used most this past few months because everything feels, this whole experience feels like it's been a gift. Mm. And actually this, I can say about, most of the experiences that we live, like in auditions, even the, the auditions that go poorly in, you know, we do, there is something to learn from it. I remember I had some terrible auditions lately. And by terrible, I just mean like, oh, I tripped or oh, I fell. I mm-hmm. didn't book it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Not the end of the world. It happens. Um, and it will keep happening, you know? Um, however, I remember I went to a Moulin Rouge audition and I did not have like these heeled boots that they said that we should have. And I was like, oh, okay. 
and I realized I'm not dancing how I could because the choreo requires something. Okay, I was slipping. I borrowed shoes, still slipping to the point that I like actually fell. Fine. Long story short, didn't get the job. But what I got from it is, okay, I do need these boots because I now understand Uh how I can move differently in them. So I do want them for my, I I think that there would be a good investment. Uh And two, get them rubbered because the shoes that I have are suede bottom. And it would be nice to have one of each so I can carry both in my backpack. And if the floor is marley, then I'll use my suede shoes and not hurt my knees. And if they're not, and I would rather use my rubber shoes. Like it's stuff like that, you know, like tiny things that we can take from every single thing, so from every single experience. If you look at every mistake as a gift, you're going to have a very happy life. It's harder, easier said than done, but, yes. but great easier to do said, that for sure. Easier said than done. And you do get to be in your feels, you know, like feel your feelings. It, it This takes a lot of emotion and, and emotions and, and it's a journey. Psychologically, you need to like be strong have a big support group or at least not a big support group a good support group Uh like people you can come home to or just vent you people you know i of course therapy like you know just take care of your mental health your your whole self i have jumped (laughs) topics (laughs) hey Um, you're just going through a whole podcast (laughs) we had a mental health component you just you know you just listen to the (laughs) podcast that's it all Before I let you go, though, I, and we got to play this game too. We got to play yeah, well, let's our do game. Yes, Don't yes, you yes, worry. Yes, yes. But I want to hear a little bit about. I know you're a company member at Abington Theater Company, so I just want to yes. hear a little bit about that. We love theater company ensembles. What's it feel like? Um, what's that experience been like for you? Well, so I am an artist in residence at the Abington Theater Company, which is so incredible because for a year, then we get to work in different projects, and I, I have already been part of a few this mm-hmm. year and it's been incredible because one was developed in a new play by my uh, other fellow um artist in residence and it was so incredible i again i like what i took from it other than my god how cool that i got to read for this part that like it's a new part it's a work in progress is that i got to learn from someone who is a writer uh-huh. So I am right now very much in love with acting and I am, you know, I just want to act, but I also know that I want to create in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was really nice to be in this area of being like, okay, so this is what the process is like when you write something. Mm-hmm. It does, you you create it, many notes, da, 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 then you sit down. Like it's it's good to know all these side, all these sides of, of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited because we are working on a, passion project and it's I can't say much because it's still in the works but I am very excited because it also it also talks about some cool themes and I am really excited I'm just so thankful Ooh. to be with Abington Theater what a big what a big tease we get almost nothing just talks about themes is all we know so far it's got <laughs> themes um, before, the before themes. a game not to keep teasing this game but I also just wanted to hit on because I know you've swung multiple times or you've been a swing multiple mm-hmm. times and I mm-hmm. love uh, recently especially a lot of our students when we say like hey what do you want to do they're like I think I want to be a Broadway swing because I think mm-hmm. they think of it like this is the, the the Olympics of it. Like they they recognize how yeah. hard that is to train for it. So I just love to hear a little bit about the experience of what was it like to no, learn all the parts. You know, it just oh seems like God. an impossible task. 
first of all, I love that people are saying they want to be swing like Broadway swing. I that's think, like five years ago I started hearing that. I'm like, I'm hearing it a lot now. It's really cool. So cool yeah. because it is true. It is really hard, and and it's a really good skill skill to have. It really allows you to like one your you know you're working out like your brain. You you're never doing the same thing. It's it's really good to understand all the moving pieces of a show. It's you also you in a way kind of take care of your body because because you're not doing repetitive movements every uh-huh. single day, then your body is not, you know, going through that. Like mm-hmm. the first time that I swung was um uh during on your feet, which was very challenging. It's a very technical like like there's a lot of salsa tricks that then you have to just do with any partner that you are assigned that that day uh-huh. or that show, um, which is, it's just, I think it teaches a lot. Like it develops a lot of your self-confidence in a way, mm-hmm. either it makes it or breaks it because yeah, because it is so, it is tough. It is tough, but it is so good. And honestly, like once you're swing, like you will have a job for as long as you want it, you mm-hmm. know, like, like being a swing and I have been swing twice and I know that I want to, I don't want to keep being a swing just because I know that I, I, I have this fire for acting and for creating characters uh-huh. and for telling the story in that way. However, I like swings are the base of, I would say the company, like it's, it's so true. They're, it's, it's almost so, a danger sometimes where they'll say like, you're so valuable. We cannot, move you you're you're exactly. so good in that part because you can do four yeah. parts i can't yeah. even give you this because you're like no don't trap me in that thing i know it's exactly. amazing for you but yeah that's yeah really... it's tough because then you're like yes i can do it, but i want to be i want to be able to to do this and yeah. um so yeah but it, for anyone who is a swing who has been a swing or has ever been like oh know that you are invaluable that you are yeah. that you you're incredible it's it's and I'm gonna say because I was one, but just what makes a Broadway show? It's t- like it's tough. You save the show, and yes. and then it's like, yeah, you did your job. What yeah, do you every want? night we <laughs> save the show. That's just what we do. Okay, <laughs> let's get to this impossible game, which is probably <gasps> so unfair to you to make. Oh, we just love Shakespeare on the pod, so we cannot resist. <laughs> Anytime we can do a Shakespeare infused game, I'm gonna do it. And I felt West Side Story was an <sighs> opportunity for it. So Definitely. here's the game. It's a very simple game. Sometimes we play silly games. Sometimes we play weird. This is a very simple game. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. read some facts, <laughs> and you're going to okay. tell me, is this a true statement about West Side Story? Okay. About Romeo and Juliet? About both or about neither? It means I just made it up, made up the fact, okay? West Side Story, okay. R&J, both or neither. Those are your options. It's going to start off super easy, and then it's going to get harder. Okay. okay? And what do we win? I'm joking. Okay, what do you win? Do um, <laughs> if you win, you could have the season two of Dancing with the Stars and the podcast trivia award. That would be really cool. Fun. <laughs> um, okay, are you ready? I am ready. As ready as I can be, I think. Centers around a conflict between the Jets and the Shark. West Side Story. Very easy, right? Centers around a conflict between the Capulets and Montagues. R&J. Perfect. Centers around a conflict between the light side and the dark side. <laughs> Neither. That's Star Wars. Great. So we're doing fine. Exactly. We I was like, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Involves two young star-crossed lovers. Uh, both. Fantastic. You were four for four. Set in Verona, Wisconsin. 
<laughs> Neither. Neither. Okay, we're doing fine. Set in NYC in the 50s. A West Side Story. Okay, great. Had a recent production on Broadway in 2013. I'm going to say neither. Oh, no, R&J. There's no. an R&J. That's the Orlando Bloom production in oh, our R&J. Oh, darn. That's right. Has had approximately 36 Broadway productions. Neither. That's uh, R&J. R&J has had approximately 36 Broadway productions. If Broadway? You can believe it. Going Broadway? back to like pre-Broadway, Broadway into the 1900s. Yes. Okay. Um, has had seven Broadway revivals. Seven Broadway revivals. Hmm. <laughs> we need some music, Megan. I could, I, I feel like I could say West Side. I'm going to say mm. West. Oh, it's neither. West Side Story has I... had three revivals. There have been three revivals of West Side Story only. Oh, at least that wow. We Broadway revivals. Okay. I couldn't believe it. Like 64 years and only three? There should wow. have been more. There should have and been I've, more. Like, in my lifetime, there's been two. Wow. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. In the movie adaptation involves the use of a gun. Where's I store? Oh, wait. Uh, both. Both. We'll give it to her. We'll give her to both. The Boz yes, Lerman, RJ. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Had the gun. Okay. Um, sometimes involves casting across previously conceived gender lines. Oh, my God. I don't know if I know my RJ as well. So I'm going to say West Side. I think that's fair. I put both, but we're just giving a shout out to the wonderful Iris Minas with the oh my the wonderful God, anybody's casting. With. Fantastic. Though certainly in R&J, very normal to cast across gender lines. I've yeah. played the nurse in a couple productions of R&J. Nothing wrong oh, with Oh, that's it. so cool. Yes. Um, what about contains a prologue? Both. Both is correct. Okay, we did great. We ended on a wonderful string of, of <laughs> questions. You've won the game. It's fantastic. You now have a trophy Woo! to put alongside your Dancing with the Stars um, trophy. Super fun. Dun, 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 dun. Um, let's just wrap up with, uh, I'd love just to hear from your experience of like the quote unquote business in mm -hmm. the two countries. Yeah. How, how are they different and how are they similar? What was the, your experience of like the biz insofar as it existed for you in Panama versus now um, in the United States? Well, I would say that the biz in Panama is, it's not about the, I mean, as an actor, I would say it's, it's there's a lot of like love for what you do because it's uh -huh. definitely not for the money. You're definitely uh -huh. not doing it for the business side of it. Like you cannot live off of, Theater in Panama. It would be more like community theater in in the United States, something like a, a local town where we're doing community theater. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Even though, it, just in the sense of you making money, because the productions are like, they cost a lot of money and a uh -huh. lot of effort is put into it. And like, it's like a lot of money, like big productions are made. Uh -huh. However. They don't pay the actors. Uh-uh, they don't. Unbelievable. Um, Panama, listen to this. No. Pay your actors back. <laughs> no, but it's just because, like, I think, like, the audience, the people are not um, as drawn to theater uh -huh. as they could. So it impacts the sales and the money that goes into it. A lot of uh -huh. the money then it's spent in, you know, the production of it. The and spectacle. not exactly. Like, yeah. not, not just, the, like, the spectacle, but, like, creating it, running it. Uh-huh. So... At the end of the day, we cannot have the salaries that we have here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and musical theater is like one of our the few 
actually like American art forms. Like we export like Hollywood movies, like Marvel movies and musical theater seems like the things that we send out into the Marvel. world. And that's, I mean, that's, yeah. we made that. That's us. When we I went that. when I went to China with Legally Blonde, like it was you could see how people love American mm-hmm. musical theater. Like mm-hmm. there were fans fans like that would be at the stage door waiting for you with gifts mm-hmm. even if you're like ensemble member number 14 and I'll people take your gifts. Are, thank you yes people yeah. like love the all of it yeah. um and then in the u.s i would say it's yes you can definitely live off of theater just like let's let's say acting just uh-huh. acting once you're on broadway right because then you have a good salary, then you can, you know, health weeks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all these things. However, it is also not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I had a job on Broadway and then it closed because of the pandemic. And this is the, the case for many shows. Mm-hmm. It's just even before the pandemic, it's it's still a business. Yep. And if people don't go see the show, then the show might close. Mm-hmm. Then the show will close if people don't go see it. So um, I don't like to like say that the business side of theater in the United States is Broadway because not everyone who is doing theater is on Broadway. And that is not the only way to experience musical theater. So I would say that the, like the challenging part is that it is not as constant as, and obviously a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think it comes in the, the budgeting and the being smart and the, you know, the survival jobs, ideally, and this is what I'm thinking right now, I want to find what survival quote unquote job Uh I can have that I love that is sustainable and, and that I can do remotely and that Mm -hmm. I love. So it sounds like a lot of different things. Like, like it sounds difficult, but I think it's like, we, we are more than one thing. You know, we are, we can be great at more than one thing, even though we love something so much. So I want to find something that is remote that I can do, even when I'm working in musical theater, in Mm. film and TV, that I can have this thing that is my constant Mm. so that I can actually, you know, like have a, yeah, yep. Does that make sense? Well, and, and, and this is the point of how you felt with the the visa and all the, the applications and all that stuff. It's like. If the commercial aspects of the business are overtaking your life, then how do you find that love for the thing that you do? If you if you need the job because you need to sustain, you has to be on Broadway, then you can't yeah. make choices about, but what am I interested in? What do I want to actually do? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'd love to just wrap with, um, if you can think, especially, you know, we started off talking a little bit to our international listeners, um, yeah. and I'd love to just kind of like circle back to them. Like, let, imagine yourself in the shoes of, one of those 17-year-old, 15-year-old, 19-year-old, whatever, yes. international listeners who's maybe feels like NYC is a million miles away but has that Broadway dream. Yes. What would you maybe say to that person in terms of uh, whether it's advice or encouragement or wh- what would you say to that person who's thinking about, I'm, I want to be where Ilda is right now? One is that you can absolutely do it. If I did it, then you can too. <laughs> Number one, because sometimes it just takes someone to like do it to – show you that it is possible. That's how I mm-hmm. felt about being on Broadway. I came here with this dream. However, while I was auditioning, I sometimes, I found myself stopping myself to go into certain auditions mm-hmm. just because I was like, oh, I remember Cats and Chicago. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to go. 
they're not going to see me. I'm not equity. I don't have a green card yet. Da-da-da-da. And then my best friend at the non-equity tour of Cinderella, she booked the Broadway revival of Miss Saigon. Hmm. And she was exactly the same. She was an immigrant, didn't have a green card. And she got it. And I was like, mm-hmm. that clicked with me. It just takes, it took just that of like, if you never go to the, the audition, you'll never know, mm. you know? Same with moving countries. If you never try, then you'll never know. Mm. So I say, take that first step, believe in yourself and just go for it. If I could do it, I'm sitting here saying, you can definitely do it too. Mm. The other thing is that even though I said, do not think too much ahead so that you do not get overwhelmed, or at least that's what works for me to not get too overwhelmed with like, oh, Mm-hmm. I would say the legal aspect of it is something that you definitely should look into. And it's it can be as simple as getting a consultation with an immigration lawyer mm-hmm. in the United States just so that they can tell you this is what you will need and can look at your case, your case, like your profile and say, mm-hmm. okay, you need this, this, and this. Because let me tell you, as you were doing these applications, I now have a green card. And I had a, an O-1 visa. There were many requirements. Like you were thinking about these requirements all the time. Mm-hmm. Every single thing I did mm-hmm. was like, okay, then I can maybe use this for my application. Oh, I took, uh-huh. a, I met Chita Rivera. I hate when I say like Spanish names in English. Chita Rivera. <laughs> I can, I need to like take a photo with her for my application. You know, it oh, was more yeah. than just like, oh my God, I just met such a like a huge icon. Oh my God, I admire you so much. I want this photo for myself. It became also, uh-huh. okay, I know that I need this for my application. Uh-huh. And I say that it's good to know these things because a lot of these, um, this process requires stuff from back home, mm-hmm. things that you need to do before you're here. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will come here and then we'll have to leave mm-hmm. to then build your, your you know. But you, I can't tell you or anyone listening what you have, what you need, what you you know, you know that and yep. your lawyer will know. So that's the one piece of advice that I would give international students that want to do that. International um, artists that want to do this yep. is one, go for it. 100% you can do this. Two, um, get a legal consultation so you know what's going to be required of you once you get here and you prep for it. Really smart advice. Um, if people love listening to you today, and I imagine they must have, um, oh. where should they be following you? Where If they want to get more Ilda in their lives, are, are we a social media people? Do you have anything you want them to check out other than this ambiguous play that has some theme that's coming up in the future? <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, you can follow me at Ilda Mason on Instagram, at Live Mariana in Twitter, even though I'm mm. not, I don't tweet that much, but um yeah, I would say Instagram or yeah. ildamason.com. Great. We'll throw that into the show notes so that they can click that. Ilda, it Thank was you. so fun getting to chat with you today. Thank you so much for the time. Same, Charlie. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for your time, for everything, for the cool talk, the amazing game, <laughs> and for the knowledge on Romeo and Juliet. Hey, yes. now, that's right. That was educational. We love it. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening to Ilda. I found her to be a font of warm energy and great insight. Um, I just want to do a bit of a deeper dive into something that Ilda said about seeing hardships as gifts. Um, 
you know, we've all heard some version of this, like when life gives you lemons. And I don't necessarily want to fully take it to that place, though I kind of will. Um, Ilda also espoused a bit of like everything happens for a reason, which is a philosophy I don't actually ascribe to myself. But I think there's a lot of wisdom in both of these ideas that we can try to learn from. Um, you know, in this idea of like when life gives you a lemon, and in this case, we're going to assume that you like don't want lemons for whatever reason. There's nothing wrong with a lemon. But if, if you get a lemon and you really don't want it, it can suck, right? Whether it's a rejection from an audition, a, a personal hardship, a pandemic in all of our cases. And to try to view these immediately as gifts and like say like, thank you for that slap in the face. Can I have another? For me is impossible. That's not something I can immediately do. Like even if you recognize on some level that like every closed door can open another, you're sitting there staring at a closed door that was slammed in your face and it's not fun. Nobody likes to do that. What I think you can do, and at least what I try to do, and I think it's what Ilda is saying too here, is you can try to understand what lesson can I learn from this particular door slamming in my face. If you can try to kind of curiously examine it, take it in while you're mourning it and while you're feeling it and try to understand is there something I can improve that might decrease the likelihood of next time getting this particular door slam or lemon gift? Um, Alejandro and I always used to talk about it when we lived together. We talked about refining models. That was what we called our like, friendship. Like, we're always refining models, right? We try to take some of these lessons from our trainings. And both of our trainings, I think, really um, asked us to be autodidact. It means like you, you teach yourself how to act and how you teach yourself how to live life. And we try to expand that into life. We try to always ask, how can I grow from this? How can we grow from this together as, as friends? And with audition specifically, this can be about that kind of game tape mentality that Tom Miller from Spear Syracuse was talking about in an early episode, right? How do I kind of look back at the audition and continue to improve as an audition? It's not such a, a hard jump to make um, when it's specifically an audition. You know, I think it's a bit harder when you feel like you did do an amazing job and didn't book it, which still absolutely happens. Um, and I think maybe even harder when something happens to you in life that is just truly unfair and isn't caused by you like what happened to all of, all of us with this damn pandemic. In these cases, I think it is actually less about asking what you could have done differently the way you might in that audition. It's more about maybe seeking out what is the lesson that can come from this, right? Is this a lesson in resiliency? Is this a lesson in slowing down and mourning? Is this a slap in the face that's going to wake me up to see what's right in front of me? I think these questions can get pretty personal and sometimes a bit spiritual. And I suspect, though I don't know, that for people who believe in a literal all-knowing God, that that may be a little easier because you can ask yourself, what is God trying to teach me here? Whereas for me, if you don't believe in that particularly, it's a bit more like, what lesson can I take from this? This is what the universe has given me. And now what gift can I get from this little lemon that's in front of me? Still, with all of this, I can't get myself to a place of everything happens for a reason. But I do truly believe that we are the authors of our own narrative, even if we don't control all the plot. So we can ascribe reason and meaning to the events of our lives, whether it's a, a pre-screen rejection from a college, a Broadway show shutting down, as just happened to uh, my partner, or an act of God, we decide what we will do with the cards that we're dealt in life. If you choose to live in a place of it happened because it's unfair and it just sucks, then you make that true, even if, of course, it already was true. But if, like Ilda, you choose to see it as a gift that you can learn from, it'll still suck. It's not going to stop sucking, but you can rewrite your narrative and determine what the reasons are for the happening.
Well, if you enjoyed this episode and me talking philosophy and life and you want to hear more, please hit that follow button. We'd also love you and appreciate you if you're going to rate us, review us, give us a little comment wherever you found us. We suggest five stars if you love Steven Spielberg for his underwater sharks and an ironic five stars if you love him for his dancing sharks. You can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailbag at mappingthecollegeedition.com or reach Megan and me directly. I'm at Charmer7 and Megan is at MeganMarie2014. If you want to work with MTCA for help with your individual prep for your college edition journey, please check us out at mtca.nyc. You can also follow us at Musical Theater College Auditions. That's on Instagram, at TweetMTCA on Twitter, and on TikTok, on YouTube. We're everywhere now. We're just, it's 2022 as you're listening to this. It is everywhere, MTCA. To my young artists, my young international artists out there mapping their journeys, you can do it. Just talk to a lawyer. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.